traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Part of that is my wife and I went out on faith and both quit our jobs. We got married. Um, and, you know, so I needed that first job, too. But, um, it's just there's always an opportunity and you're always learning something in every opportunity. So, um, you know, when something comes around or there is an opportunity, you're going to learn something from it. Like I learned so much about our theater department by going to auditions and practices. And, yeah. um, so it, it really does provide a lot of opportunity for you. And not everybody's going to say yes. Um, a very few superintendents are going to go do the cha-cha slide with cheerleaders out on the... Are you looking to buy or sell your home, but not quite sure if now is the right time? Well, contact Morgan & Co. and allow them to help you make that decision. Morgan & Co. is a leading, top-producing company in Central Virginia. Contact Morgan & Co. today at 804-874-6806 or anytime, day or night, at www.morganandcorealty.com. Now back to the episode. Welcome to the Success Leaves Clues podcast, where I find regular people doing extraordinary and phenomenal things in corporate America and entrepreneurship. And of course, I'm your host, Dr. K. I have with me today, Dr. Brian Nichols, the super, superintendent, <laughs> the absolute best, um, but I'll allow you to introduce yourself. Absolutely. So uh, Brian Nichols, proud superintendent of Team New Kent, New Kent County Public Schools, um, lifelong educator, just inspired by you and jumped at the chance to get in an interview. So I know I learned in the process. Awesome. Thank you. I'm hoping we can learn a lot from you too. Um, now you say lifelong educator. What does that, what does that mean? Well, I, you know, I, when I tell my story, I, I often say that I was saved by a teacher. So I'm a teacher because I was saved by a teacher. I'm a first generation college graduate. Um, went on to get my master's, got my doctorate a couple of years ago in educational technology. None of that would have been possible without a teacher. Okay. So I don't come from a family of teachers. I don't come from a family of college graduates. But my path was changed because the teacher saw more than a kid who wore the same pair of pants every day and the kid who acted out. Yeah. So from that moment, um, just kind of worked through that piece. I've been, uh, this is year 24, 25. I know the hair throws you off. I don't look quite that old. <laughs> um, but so I've been a teacher been an assistant principal, I've been a principal, um, lots of different things, and now I get to be the superintendent, but it's all about trying to do what was done for me. So that's, awesome. that's sort of the lifelong educator route. Okay. Was it a particular teacher or multiple teachers? that? Impacted? Absolutely. I can tell you as clear as day, fifth grade, Miss Hoffman, she taught me English. Um, kid who grew up in rural uh, Gloucester, Virginia. Okay. She was a former New York City, uh, Washington, D.C. cop. So um, we came from very different backgrounds. We looked very different. And she taught me that you, you just invest and see past a behavior and know that there's something more there. And uh, she'd keep me after school um, mm -hmm. and she'd make my mom come. Um, so and we just kind of worked through it. And she said, you're too smart to be here in this class. 
Um, because when you act out, or back in the days when you acted out, you ended up in a class that wasn't as smart as other classes. Yeah. Um, you got sort of tracked in this thing, and she really tested me and shifted me um, so that I had opportunities I wouldn't have had before, opportunities that my brothers didn't have, opportunities that my family didn't have. Um, and it's just the coolest thing ever. She has no idea she's since passed. Um, but I tell her story every chance I get because every interaction you have, and maybe somebody from this interview will pick up something that will, you know, change is not this magical thing. It could be a moment. You know, we remember moments. And she's my moment, and she's why I behave the way I do, why I act the way I do, why I try to, you know, pour into people the way I do. Yeah, and I notice you you do care a lot, like you're saying, um, you got from the teacher and poured into people. Um, I see you doing more than I've ever seen in my life a superintendent do, um, being hands-on and reaching down. Uh, can you tell me a little bit more about why that is? Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a gift and a curse. Um, so I tell people all the time, you will not care more than me about our community, about our kids, about, and it's not just some community or some, it's like, each and every single one. That's why I want to know you by name. That's why I want to know your family. Um, but it makes it hard to sleep at night sometimes because you, you you wear a lot of that. And for me, it's important um, for to be seen in the community because I think that's where the best work happens. Great work doesn't happen in my office. I mean, some work happens, but great work happens in conversations. And, you know, I had launched when I first got here being new. I spent 23 years in Newport News. Um, public schools and you know, New Kent is very different from Newport News but the one commonality that I went with is that it starts with community you know I don't do this by myself you don't do it by you know we're together in this partnership and uh, so I launched an excited to be invited tour so if you invited me to something you could be a parent student teacher whatever I'm coming doesn't matter if it's a bar mitzvah or I'm coming to your <laughs> church service or you're doing this dance recital you want to see me play and, you know, so I've been doing that. COVID did interrupt that, but it's about caring. Like, it's yeah. about I truly care about the success of our team. And I, I say team a lot, but that's like our staff. Um, and that's our, our folks that serve meals, our folks that uh, custodial drivers. It's, it's everybody and every kid that walks through those doors. Mm -hmm. So that's that's the care piece. Um you know, it, you'll, it'll be hard to outwork me. It'll be hard to, out, but you definitely won't outcare me. And uh, that's not a traditional, not that superintendents don't care, but it's, it's I'm different. And I know that. And I make no apologies for that. Um, and was very upfront in this whole interview process. Like, I'm going to run 24-7. Like, I'm going to be out. So if you're looking for somebody that's going to be in policy and into, you know, I'm not your guy. Yeah. I can do that. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't bring me joy. It doesn't bring me life. So And doesn't bring other people joy either. No, <laughs> it doesn't. It does. I mean, it's a necessary part of the work we do. Um, but my joy is when I'm at your ball game. My joy is when I got dragged onto the field with the cheerleaders last week with the cha-cha slide, which I have a lot of gifts. Dancing is <laughs> not one, and I really wish it was. Uh, but I'll keep working on it. But it's just you know one of those things. It's yeah. about you know being where you are because that's when I'm going to learn about you. So you got a real cool about you. Um, the kids always talk about you know you wear J's. That's non traditional for you know faculty. And, and somebody in your position, yeah. they, they're usually a little snobby. So <laughs> you, you're very approachable. Yeah. Um, you know, all full transparency. My daughter was you know one of your students, yep. and so. She talked about, you know, how easy it was to come to you and approach you with things. And 
it's just amazing to see somebody in your position. Can you tell me what kind of like the job description is of a superintendent? Not the way you do it, but traditionally, what is a superintendent? Yeah, you really oversee the daily operations of a school division. So New Kent has about 3,300, 3,400 students. Uh, we have four and a half schools because we're building that the fifth school. We're on about halfway through that process. And it's really about making sure that the curriculum is placed, the buses run smoothly, um, that you enact policy with the board, and there's a lot of technical aspects to it. Mm -hmm. And I can do the technical side of it. I just, I think there's more, and I think that the day allows for more opportunity, um, you know, to interact. You mentioned the Jordans, you know, that goes back to growing up. let me let me switch stories a little bit. But so I was a second grade teacher, uh, taught at Marshall Elementary in Newport News. I had a life size cut out of Michael Jordan in my in my in my classroom. It used to scare people when they would walk in because you weren't expecting this guy. Um, but always a Jordan fan. So growing up in my house, like Jordans weren't attainable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. For me, it was always like that dream to be able to own a pair of Jordans. That was, yeah. that was for me, it was like I made it. Yeah. I got a pair of J's. I could, you know. Um, so I always, when they're on my feet, I, I don't take for granted that, you know, this was a dream that I had at one point in time. So as hard as my days are and um, as difficult as some of the decisions I make, there would be people that would kill to be in my position. Oh, absolutely. Um, so the J's kind of remind me of <laughs> where I came from. Mm-hmm. And that I'm living out um, dreams that nobody saw for me. So um, I know I went off topic on what no, a superintendent does, no, but that's a good, that's um, a good. but yeah. So that's the basic part of superintendent is, is overseeing the, the daily operations of the school division and uh, working to make sure that kids achieve and make sure that we have opportunities for kids. Absolutely. You said it's not a um, goal that a lot of people saw you achieving. Is it a goal you saw yourself achieve? Oh no, I've I you know, and I think that's something to you know, think about is, uh, you know, we set goals, and I want I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to be the first person in my family to graduate from college. That's a great goal. Yeah. And being a teacher is an amazing profession. Um, loved every second of it, and still have connected with with kids that that I taught a couple decades ago. But um, you got to be careful when you set that goal. That you know, there could be more out there, right? Like, Nobody in my family ever talked about getting a doctorate. Mm-hmm. Like that wasn't on anybody's radar. Yeah. Um, but I always had somebody in my life. It's just the way it works. I became a teacher, and I had a principal, Alicia Spencer, who said, uh, "You know, Brian, you have such a way with kids and people. You should think about being an administrator." Now I want to mm-hmm. teach. That's what I want to do. Yeah. She had a bigger goal than I saw for myself, and I kind of went out on that faith and went to school. Um, and, and did that piece. And then the next door just kind of opened. Mm-hmm. You know, people in, in your life that, you know, have you ever thought about? So my mentor with being a superintendent, she said, Brian, one day you'll be a superintendent. I'm like, ah, I don't know about that. You know, the way you do this. Said, no, you do it your own way, but don't doubt for a second you can do this. Yeah. So I try to bring that in. I call it our leadership tree. Um, when you see more for people than they see for themselves, like how do you build that bridge so that they you know, can kind of step out on faith a little bit. So um, got a lot of people on my team right now that didn't know they could do what they're doing right now. But you got to have somebody in your corner that believes in you and, um, you know, kind of helps build that bridge so you can get there. So we do it with kids. 
um, with teachers and you know, just trying to grow people, pay it forward. You said when you were a little bit younger, you might have had some, you know, normal kid trouble, right? Sure. So how did you get from having those kind of troubles to being in the element, being, being who you need to be? Yeah, I mean, it was it was a lot. So um, one of my beliefs is that, you know, kids don't act out just to act out. Like there's something, there's deeper there. Um, so there were parts in my life that, you know, there's some pretty serious stuff going on at home and I couldn't let it out at home. So I'd go to school and I'd let it out. I'd be a clown um, or I wouldn't go to class or I wouldn't do, you know, just I had to get that attention somewhere. Um, and school is that safe place to do that. Um, and I would push it just as far as I could so that they wouldn't call home. Because that was a whole different thing. <laughs> and every once in a while I would step over that line. Um, but it took, a, it took a lot of work and a lot of support along the way to try to, and I still work through it. Um, I, I still work through childhood things and um, you know loss of family members and all of those different pieces. And I just try to be, now I try to be very transparent. So I talk very openly about losing my mom. I talk very openly about abuse in my childhood because people see a suit or a CJs or they're like, oh, this guy has it together. Yeah. Absolutely not. Okay. You know, I'm flawed. I got lots of flaws. Um, and, and I just kind of share those openly because I don't want you to think you have to be perfect either. Like, you're amazing the way you are. Um, you know, just keep striving and keep working better. So I'd like to say from when Miss Hoffman intervened, I was like a perfect kid the rest of the way. That's, <laughs> you dig up the records, that wasn't true. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just it was just a constant thing of having mentors and having support and um, kind of working, working that route, um, working with friends who had college ambitions, working with, um, you know, folks on the football team who wanted to do X, Y, Z. And, um, you know, they say you're the average of the five people you surround yourself with. Well, you know, I wasn't always surrounding myself with the best five. So when you talk about your starting five, you're going to take out onto the court. Like, you, you want yeah. somebody can rebound. You want somebody to do this. And um, so, you know, that sort of sticks with me is, is to have a strong starting five um, that I can rely on and, and, and be a support to as well. Like, yeah. I don't want to be the guy that's holding up the team. You know, I want to yeah, yeah. be able to contribute too. Um, so, you know, just working through those pieces. You're always, of course, at the games, mm -hmm. softball games, volleyball games. You said you got pulled out uh, by the cheerleaders and stuff. Were you, were you a student athlete? Or? I, a, a little bit. So the, the older I get, the better athlete I was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> as the legend goes. Um, so, yeah, I played football, um, played some basketball, lots of stuff recreational. Um, didn't quite have the, um, the grades at the time. Mm -hmm. to to play at the next level um, and then family circumstances uh, my dad took ill and uh, I became sort of the head of the family for you know that period of time so I stayed and commuted um, to Christopher Newport and but yeah so sports is uh, I draw a lot of analogies on sports uh, mm -hmm. and always a big sports fan but I love the arts too so my first year I acted and acted <laughs> in uh, West Side Story because kids invited me. Yeah. And they said, we have a guest role. Uh -huh. uh, so would you be interested? And I have a habit, and I think it's a great habit, but it gets me in trouble. Is I just start with yes. 
Like when you ask me something, I'm going to say yes. Oh, and then we'll we'll we'll, we'll work we'll through it. it. We'll figure it out together. Yeah. Um, so you know, anywhere our kids are, I want to be there. Mm-hmm. So it's just important to know you have somebody in your corner. Um, but athletics are a huge part of why kids come to school. Yeah. Stay connected. Absolutely. Saying yes a lot probably helps you also in your career. Like I, I would assume that you know certain opportunities or positions that became available that a lot of people shy away from. But if you're willing to sometimes raise your hand, it just yeah maybe put you in the right place. Yeah, uh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I, I said yes to the first position I was offered as a teacher. Part of that is my wife and I went out on faith and both quit our jobs. We got married, um, and you know, so I needed that first job too. But, <laughs> Um, it's just there's always an opportunity and you're always learning something in every opportunity so um, you know when something comes around or there is an opportunity you're going to learn something from it like I learned so much about our theater department by going to auditions and practices and, yeah. um, so it, it really does provide a lot of opportunity for you and not everybody's going to say yes um, a very few superintendents are going to go do the cha-cha slide with cheerleaders out on the yeah. um, but when I walk through the hallways now it's a different connection you uh-huh. know with, with the team so I showed up the next day because they had a cheerleading competition and it's like okay you supported me and helped me through that I'm coming to be the loudest cheerleader for you mm-hmm. and it just you just never know what moment's going to connect with a kid and it starts by you know, saying yes yeah. what about um like your team, your, tell me a little bit about your team and how that works. So my team, um, I've been very fortunate. I, I came into a great team um, in New Kent, and I've been able to add to that mm-hmm. with retirements and, and so forth. Um, when, when I'm working on a team or get to put together a team, you know, for me, it's it's kind of your mindset. Like it doesn't necessarily matter to me do you have the expertise in that area because I think smart is something you become, yeah. right? You can learn, but I can't teach you necessarily how to start with yes, or I can't teach yeah. you how to see that um, every data point we have can be improved and we need to add additional opportunities for kids no matter how successful we are right now mm-hmm. because there's some kid there that doesn't have what we need, what they need to be successful. So, um, so I've been incredibly lucky and fortunate and targeted um, to really put together a pretty um, special team. And I'm honored that when I call folks, they say yes. Mm-hmm. Um, just building strong relationships and um, just trying to assemble a team that's going to really do something incredible for the community. When I first um, started in New Cat, so superintendents by state law um, can only sign a four-year contract. So okay. you're not allowed to do more than four years at a single time. Mm-hmm. You can always extend that and go. And um, so the average tenure of a superintendent in Virginia right now is two and a half years. Wow. Um, so my first event that I had, I said I want to be here through 2032. So 2032. Why was that? Mm-hmm. Is that's the group of kindergartners that I started with. They'll cross the graduation stage in 2032. Like, I, I'm not in this to, to be a billionaire. Nobody gets an education for that. But it was, can I make a dramatic difference in the place that I call home? Mm-hmm. And to me, you can't do that in two and a half years. Right. You do that by starting with kindergartners and working them all the way through. You're going to make a difference for kids along the way. But 
how great would it be that the kids I started with are the kids that I potentially finish with mm-hmm. on that graduation stage? So that's the goal and the dream and the ambition. A lot of that is out of my hands. Yeah. Um, but still, I mean, set a crazy, ambitious goal that nobody else is trying to do. See if you can make it happen. Even if you fall a little short, right? Even if I fall a little little short, like I, you know, we put it out there, um, and it's kind of it's. You never know what's going to resonate with people, but there is a in the superintendency. There's this push to uh, move school divisions and Mm -hmm. to go bigger. Like bigger is better. I came from a school division over thirty thousand kids, and I loved it. I still call that you know the place I grew up. And but here, I know you. Yeah. I knew a lot of people there, too, because mm-hmm. I've been there 23 years. But here versus 100,000 in Northern Virginia, you know, I'm a people person. I want to know you. I want to know your family. I want to know what you, you know. I want to know all that. And, you know, when you go to college, I want to go see you there, too. Yeah. You can't do that in a large place. So to me, it's not about being the large uh, superintendent or having a large team and, you know, all these layers. To, like, you can get to me any time of day. You know, I'm very easy to get to. Yeah. Uh, and that's a purpose. And my team does ask me to kind of shift that a little bit. Don't be the first person running into a fire. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's just who I am. So um, that's just how it works. And, and I, I promise to work through and, and try to be a little better at that. But at the end of the day, it's, it's who I am. In yeah. um, the corporate or even public sector, right? Even if you're at a in the C-suite, you're probably only going to manage maybe two, 300 people. So including the students, not only staff, but you've got well over 3,000 people. Yeah. How, do you, how do you keep all that under wrap? Well, some days not well. Um, yeah. <laughs> so um, I work through, I'm a big believer that your calendar tells your priorities. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and you make time for what's important. Uh, and there's nothing more important than kids, community, and staff. Um, so I make sure that my calendar represents that. So it's not a public thing, but every day I have to see kids and teachers in action. Mm-hmm. Like there will not be a day, unless I'm completely out of town, which happens very rarely, that I'm not in a school, if not all of them. Okay. Um, it's just important to me. Uh, so. Every morning, just about every morning, I start with an arrival. So you may see me at the car line, opening a car door, talking to somebody. Yeah. Uh, you'll see me at a dismissal. You may see me on a bus. But it's targeted. Like, I'm very efficient with my time to make sure that I can be as many places as possible. So before I came here, I was at middle school football. Yeah. And I knew I couldn't be there for the whole game, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But I got to see a half. I got to talk to some kids. I talked to the coaches. And then I'm able to do this, too. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, it really comes back to... Um, I have a lot, a lot of Google Sheets, Excel spreadsheets, so I can remember where I've been. And, yeah. um, October, for me, is focused on new teacher month. So I have a different focus for our staff. So I'm intentional with who I see. So this, one of the best ways to build a school division is through fantastic teachers. Yeah. And, and you've got to support them. Um, and back to you can't out-care me. Very few superintendents are going to spend a month going to see every new teacher a couple times and checking in on them, seeing what they need. Okay. But that's what my month is. Okay. Um, so every month has a specific focus to it. Mm-hmm. Next month is going to be about our teacher leaders and making sure that I'm going to see them versus just walking through and saying hello. And you know, it's, it's just not significant. So how can you put as many significant interactions or moments into a day to make it 
maybe. Yeah. So it's a work in progress. Uh, so what about a new teacher who maybe has ambitions of one day being in faculty or administration is the yeah. proper term or a superintendent one day? Do you have some type of mentorship or career track? We're, we're building. So that is uh, something, you know, I wouldn't be in this seat unless somebody did that for me. Um, so last year we started um, an administrative intern project. Okay. So every school has administrative interns. They're not, they're teachers, um, but they're teachers who may want to think about going into administration. And it gets duties and roles and assignments. And they, um, it's a resume builder for them, but it's also a competence builder. And we've already parlayed that into a couple of new assistant principals came from that opportunity. Okay. Um, we're getting into the arena of growing leaders, including coursework including supporting on tuition. Um, we have a cool new initiative that we just launched, and um, I did it specifically for our staff, but then I expanded it to, I did, well, I didn't do anything. Let me not say that. <laughs> <laughs> My team um, expanded it to residents of New Kent County. So if you have a bachelor's degree uh -huh. in New Kent County, or you work for us as a, as a teacher assistant or um, a bus driver, what, what have you, we will work with you to transition that into a career switcher teaching position and we'll pay the bill. So often folks get degrees and then they decide to do different things and they don't know how to transition into teaching. It's very, unfortunately, very complicated. We build a roadmap with you. We pay for it, including testing. And then you provide three years of teaching with us. So it's a win-win, but we're looking to do that in with leadership as well. What's the time frame for that bridge program? Depends on your, your degree and what you're trying to teach. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll often show you the most efficient route. And then if you want to go in a different field, let's say you want to do um, something specific in business, it may take a couple additional courses. So it really just depends. Um, a lot of times it can be done in two semesters. And speaking of just starting with yes, we reached out to Old Dominion University and they have a program, but you have to come on campus. So nobody wants to go through that tunnel, um, especially for new kids. Mm -hmm. So we said, would you be willing to do a virtual program for us? And they said yes. So now our people don't even have to leave their house or our schools. We'll pay the bill. And then you provide the services. We all win it, and the community gets stronger. Yeah. So we're always looking for those intersections that uh, build our community, um, support our schools, and uh, we get better together. A phenomenal program. I've never heard. The closest thing, I was in the Army. Okay. So we had uh, troops to teachers. Similar. Yeah. yeah. So that was uh, one program. And uh, I'm not going to tell you why I'm not suited to be a teacher, <laughs> but I'm, I'm a little strict. And, uh, that's so, okay. That's okay. So, yeah. That's okay. <laughs> I love I love kids. I love people, but uh, may not be. <laughs> but they you can know, try you sometimes. <laughs> so so we just dream and we talk to people and then yeah. we come up with these ideas and then you you work with a team that just makes it so much better. Yeah. So I got stuck in the traditional that we'll have to go to a university and and my folks said that hey let's see what we can do. Mm -hmm. um, but just you're looking for those pieces. We're working on a program. There's a national teacher shortage. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. But the pipeline's not getting bigger, so we've got to figure out a way to make our own pipeline. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be launching in the next year or so. You know, I'm a kid whose life is fundamentally different because of education. 
So we also have, I have almost 1,100 high school kids. Have any of them considered going into that field? What if there was a scholarship associated with it to help them pay for school? Mm -hmm. And then they came back home and did a couple years in return. Um, They have some national teacher programs that that kind of do that, which we would just do a local version. So I mean, we're working through ideas like that with the kids. That's too. a great idea. Yeah. I know a lot of students that um, even my daughters talked about getting educated. Hired. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, that's another good one. What um, do you feel parents can do to support the school system and teachers better? Well, I think um, that's a great question. I think, you know, just to be involved um, with your child. Um, be involved with your school. That means a lot of different things. So I have a senior at the high school. So I tell families all the time, I'm not just a superintendent. I'm, I'm a parent. Like, I live this. And um, I'm when you say involved, like, I can't always be at his stuff because I'm doing our school stuff. Mm-hmm. But he will tell you I'm a very involved parent. Yeah. Um, and his teachers will say that, you know, I'm a very involved parent. Uh, but it doesn't mean I have to be there all the time. So... Um, the open dialogue with 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 your kids, uh, talking to your kids about career um, opportunities, and just kind of staying connected to the school. I mean, there's no real magic formula other than you know. I, I think for me, it's that we're in partnership together. Like I'm not against you, you're not against yeah. me. There could be times that we don't agree on certain things, but like we're in this together. Mm-hmm. Um, so just. To see that the two, you know, kind of work in unison for a common goal. Uh, like I want your daughter and your son to be the most successful people they, they can be. My goal is to open as many doors as possible. Yeah. Because I don't know what they're going to want to walk into. Yeah. I just want to expose them to so many things that, you know, something catches. Something catches. Yeah. Um, and so just to be in partnership with you to make sure that you know that we're kind of working through the same same pace. Um, we're in an interesting transition, a swing of sorts. It was every kid needs to go to college. That's kind of you know come where I grew up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know that every kid needs to go to college. I think every kid needs to be in a career that kind of gets them excited. Like I love coming to work every day. I'm fired up to do it. And uh, my oldest son wants to go in, is going into aviation maintenance. He didn't need to go to a four year school, mm-hmm. but that's what gets him excited. So how do we open up that pathway, you know, to be employed or enrolled or come threes, employed, enrolled or enlist, Mm -hmm. you know, just for you to be into something meaningful. I don't want you to walk across the graduation stage with your diploma only. I want you to walk across the graduation stage with a diploma plus something. Yeah. Career certificate. Um, we have kids walking with associates, college grad, you know, something. Because I don't I don't want you to walk in and just celebrate with your family and then you're done. Uh, that's a moment, celebrate it, but it's leading to the next moment. So for me, it's to build that bridge to something more. Um, yeah, I like trades. Um, well, New Kent has a lot of trade programs, mm-hmm. but other school districts don't. And I feel that trades are really important in school. My son actually did welding. Okay. He wanted to be a welder rather than go to college route. And I, I was fully supportive in him doing that because... There's always opportunities with yeah. that. And even if he does later decide, okay, I'm going to go to college, then you've got this trade that carries with you for the rest of your life. So my youngest is a senior at the high school. 
we uh, opened up a new program called Pharmacy, Pharmacy Tech. Uh, because it's a huge career field. They have a need for, for kids. You can walk out of high school right into pharmacy tech, or you can go on and get additional certifications. So he's a senior, new program. I said, let's just try it. Because you, if you want to go to, if you want to go to college, you can still go be a pharmacy technician on the side and make pretty good money versus, um, you know, another job that you could have. And he's falling in love with it. Like he likes it. So, you know, you just never know what door you open and, you know, what's possible for a kid. He had no idea he'd be interested in medicine and, you know, all those different things. Um, and I had no idea either. I just wanted him to do something meaningful. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he is. And, and he loves it. And, you know, we'll see what he does with it. But so really just not putting a kid or, or an adult because um, in a certain lane, but just giving them access to the whole freeway. Uh, okay. Okay. Getting out of the way, right? Yeah. Say, that say, say that again. So apply, <laughs> apply Not giving them just the lane. Yeah, give them the whole freeway. Give them the whole freeway. Give them all the exits. Give them, you know, and just yeah. give them the keys. Let equip, their imagination run. Equip them with everything they need to be successful. And then, because just like me, I mean, I, I never had dreams of being a superintendent, but people equip me with the things to get to this point. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's just... Never know. You don't want to pigeonhole a kid or an adult or anything. Like we all can are capable of doing great things. We just need some support. Uh, we need people to push us. We need people to pick us up when we're down. And uh, you just never know what's possible. So I got I got one more thing that's uh, been interesting to me about you, and that's the tough mother. <laughs> so you got to tell me about it. Oh man! So. <clears throat> I've been doing it for a decade now, over a decade. And it started as, back to start with yes. Um, I was not in incredible shape, and right now I'm not in incredible shape either, but there was a time I was. <laughs> um, and I had a buddy who said, hey, here's this crazy race. Yeah. It's 10 miles, 25 obstacles. They'll shock you. You'll, you know, all this, you're going to jump off high stuff. It's every fear you have rolled into a race. Do you want to do it? Yes. Um, I didn't train at all. I just showed up and it was awful. I mean, it was terrible. Um, but I have something in me that won't let me quit or be defeated. I may be down for a while, but I will get back up. And I was like, okay, can you train and be able to feel good at the end of one of those races? That was the goal. Mm -hmm. So, Trained, showed up for another one, felt good at the end. Then it became, can you do one on Saturday and then show up on Sunday and do it again? So then did that. Went down to Miami and did uh -huh. that. And then it was, can you do two in one day? So did that. And then it was, can you do two in one day and then show up on Sunday and do another? So I, I buy a season's pass, like I'm going to Bush Gardens. Okay. And I can go anywhere in North America and run these races. Uh -huh. um, so it became this thing, and then they have a 24-hour race. And it's, you know, can you stay on a course for 24 hours and push yourself beyond any distance you thought you could do? When you think you're done, you're like 40% done. Mm -hmm. And these races teach you, it's like life. Like, there are going to be obstacles and challenges. Can you overcome it? Can you get through it? Can you find a way? Can you... Um, you know, you may need somebody to lift you over the wall. You may need to lift somebody over the wall. You may be able to get over it by yourself, but you still have to lift it. It's like a life. Um, 
symbolic for life. So now I've done, I just finished my 60th Tough Mudder. And I have uh, a couple more. This Mm -hmm. weekend I'll be in D.C. Or I'll be in D.C. uh, soon. And then I have one more to finish my season um, in Florida. So, and I've already got my pass for next year. And it just kind of, it gives me a stress reliever. uh, But more importantly, it just gives me, you know, something symbolic. Like it's something to overcome. And as I get older, it gets harder. And that's a challenge. Like you're not going to defeat me. Um, it took me almost a decade to get my doctorate. Mm-hmm. Life happened. Yeah. Um, lots of life happened in that. And I was down quite a few times. I walked away a few times. But it's just like the race. Like, you got to get to the finish line. Mm-hmm. If you want it bad enough, you'll get there. And you just line up and keep one foot in front of the other. 60 races, I promise you, I've wanted to quit in every one of them. 60 times. 60 times. <laughs> So that, to me, if, if, if you don't want to quit at some point in it, it's not challenging enough. You know, you got to have a little bit of that grit like this. It's tough. And you know, kind of keep going with it. Being a superintendent is not easy. Being a superintendent right now, it's definitely not easy. Everything you do is under a microscope and somebody yeah. has an issue. It's just so polarized and political right mm-hmm. now. Um, but I'm going to get back up. I'm going to try it again. Yeah. Get back up and I'm going to try again. And... Uh, yeah, as long as I have breath in my body, you know, I'm gonna keep rolling this. I'm officially older than my dad was when I passed, when he passed, mm-hmm. and um, you know, it's every every day is a gift for me. And I don't mean that as a cliche, but um, I'm already doing more. And uh, every every opportunity I have to line up, I'm gonna give it all I have. So, I love your philosophy. I love your outlook on life. I love um, what you do for the community and everyone that that you touch. So um, I thank you for being here. I appreciate uh, the opportunity to talk about it. I do want to go over some of the clues that I picked out of our conversation just for the audience. Oh, boy. Okay. So, I'm ready. So clues for success. I probably didn't catch all of them, but something <laughs> that um, caring is a big one for you. Yep. Um, what, what you've learned from sports and Tough Mudder, things of that, that nature, just never giving up, just having that grit. Um Imagination, just allowing opportunities not only for yourself but for your family and everybody that that works in your under your leadership uh, is a big uh, clue for success. And I just hope that everybody from the audience can take those away and also maybe find some things that I didn't point out. But you are truly a phenomenal person, and I thank you for all that you do. Um, you are inspiring. You know, every time I see you. I, I, <laughs> This is honest to God, right? Every time I see you, I'm just like, man, I feel like I got to step my game up. I'm like, man, I feel the same way when I see you. Like, you're doing all these different things. Like, man, I'm just superintending. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, that's that's kind of been the beauty of this, man, is I'm inspired by you. I'm definitely inspired by the family. You know, your daughter starting a business. Like, that inspires me mm-hmm. to go, okay, she can start a business. What are you doing? Yeah. Like, let's – and then for you guys to be supported, I mean, it's – it's it's right back at you and it's just it inspires me to to do more and be more well thank you again and I just want to remind everybody that nothing is impossible if you can dream it you can achieve it see you next time success leaves clues podcast traffic jams tailgating pile ups oh the joys of driving how could it get worse 
the federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.